Hello, I'm Kevin Richard. Well, apologies in advance because I know it's been several weeks since we've had a podcast. We had a lot to talk about the last few weeks of the session, but really not a lot of time to talk about it. So we put the podcast on a temporary hiatus, but we're back this week. And what I have this week... Uh, On Wednesday, Governor Brad Little sat down with State House reporters to give his recap of the 2023 legislative session. And what I've done is I've taken the audio and I've chopped it up into three segments. The first one you're going to hear is a sort of a general overview from the governor about how he thought this session went. He'll talk about Idaho launch. He'll talk about teacher salaries. He'll talk about the property tax law that uh, went into effect over his veto. It's sort of about a seven, seven and a half minute overview of the session. So we'll launch into that and we'll get into other segments later. A legislature uh, event. We've been to Twin, Idaho Falls, Coeur d'Alene, and Lewiston. And I think, is this it? Press? I think so. Uh, but yeah. what, what's that? The speaking. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, one of the things that was different, you, one of you might ask, is probably the volume, the lack of volume at the beginning of the session and the incredible volume at the end of the session. Uh, my bill box in there was like empty for the longest period of time. And I, I don't think there was, uh, other than towards the end of the session, I ever had any bills. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Zach's daughter's thank you card from the uh, from the kindergarten class was the biggest thing in my billbox for uh, a long time. But they, you know, the kind of the fits and starts they did at JPAC, <clears throat> and of course it, it always. And I know they've started doing this, and this is in Kevin's wheelhouse to do all the education appropriations later is uh, a little of a problem for me because the whole concept of the March date was so the school districts would know what money's available for them uh, so they could plan and of course now we unfortunately got rid of the March date but it uh, but those big appropriations uh, I, I know there's we're doing a supplemental levy in Emmett and my son's involved in it and you want to know how much discretionary money is there and I said well I know what's proposed I don't know what's there and we finally got it but almost after the deadline uh, to decide to do a uh, to move March into May but uh, but when I look back at what and I know you've all probably two or three times read my state of the state four <laughs> four or five uh, but if you look at what was in the state of the state uh, you know, obviously, uh, launch, uh, teacher pay, and appreciate all the um, uh, publicity we got on that. Infrastructure, that, that was another, all those transfers were waited, waited till the end of the session. And, uh, and so that was an issue. Our safety uh, initiatives, whether it was be the state police or higher, uh, uh, law enforcement pay that we got that done. It was it ended up being about ten percent. We wanted some more, but that we'll take that. Um, and then of course property tax, which if you remember last year the tax bill was House Bill One, and this year the tax bill was House Bill Infinity for a long time. But I proposed one hundred and twenty and ongoing. We got one hundred and sixteen or seventeen ongoing. With 
some other stuff added on to it, but uh, specifically Lodge and then all the other, and, and the reason Lodge to me was such a big deal because it was a change in how we did post uh, K-12 uh, funding for education. But it shouldn't be a surprise because it was part of what I, myself, and legislative leadership, of course that was the last legislature's leadership, talked around about around this table, we had a special session, was in-demand careers. And so uh, it, was, it was a bit of a heavy lift. Some of the things that came late, we were so focused on getting launched through that uh, that was like, the number one, my number one priority. And I was pleased with it. Uh, I remember I was in Weezer this morning talking to a, a rural summit. And, uh, they were very interested in it because of what it's gonna do for, uh, for rural Idaho. One of the questions was about uh, building houses. And I said, well, you can't build houses without plumbers, HVAC and electricians. And uh, never before, uh, we, just a little bit, if we helped pay for those career technical jobs, and now we are. So it's, and at the National Governors Conference, I was on, I'm actually moderating a, a, a panel on the workforce, and I brought that up, and there was some state, of, uh, U.S. Department of Education policy guy, and I was telling him what we did, and he said, well, our analysis is for a dollar in to post K-12, you're gonna get the highest return out of that, and that's where we're going along. So, uh, I, you know, overall, it seemed a little painful, as they always do, uh, but at the end of the session, those big things that I talked about in my state of the state, uh, you know, we're, you know we're, we may be uh, grading on a curve, but I, I think we got, you know, at least, we got over 95% of them. There are a few dollars here and a few dollars there, but uh, given what it looked like uh, early on, uh, we were very pleased with it. And, you know, the property tax, uh, which is what I talked about at the very get-go, uh, we got done, and that's on top of all the other tax stuff we've done. So anyway, we were pleased with that. So may not have seemed like it, but we were. What was painful for you? Uh, the length of time and kind of the, the volume of bills that came at the end. I, uh, you know, there was one bill I vetoed that I didn't know a darn thing about until I read it sitting in there. And, you know, if, if the bills come in on a more moderate pace, then we have a It's a real load for my staff to get those bills out and look at where they are. Uh, you know, I, 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 you know, I would have preferred some other things, but you, you have to step back and say, what did we get done? And, uh, you know, from my position, what we've done on teacher pay, what we've done on teacher benefits, what we've done on infrastructure. I chaired Governor Otter's Transportation Task Force in 2011, and it's fair to say that was aspirational, 250 for ongoing and 250 for a million a year uh, for infrastructure, for congestion and safety. Uh, we, we have got that done. And as I told those economic development uh, rural people, to think that we would, and we're two thirds of the way, we'll be after we get this money spent, to have two thirds of the bridges that were deficient caught up. Um, I would say, well, that's a nice, B-hog, big, hairy, audacious goal, uh, 
uh, but we got it done. And the fact that we moved from one of the bottom 10 states for starting teacher pay to, you know, depends upon when they count the numbers, uh, to close the top 10. And that's really important when I go to Weezer, which competes with Ontario, and Lewiston that competes with Clarkston, and Coeur d'Alene that competes with Spokane. Uh, we're still a little under them, but we are so much closer. And, and when I ask teachers, uh, are the kids in your class that might be interested in being teachers more interested now than they were before? And they said, yes, they are. Uh, and here the governor talks about a bill that he did veto and a veto that was uh, upheld by the legislature. This involves House Bill 314. This was the controversial bill that would have restricted harmful materials in libraries and would have allowed parents to sue libraries if uh, harmful materials wind up in the hands of their children. Uh, the governor did veto this. Um, I want to ask him about his decision behind that veto, why he vetoed that bill and not other uh controversial bills about uh, gender-affirming care and abortion trafficking, and get a sense of where he thinks this issue is going to go. And I should note that this is uh, a bill that I wrote about in much more detail on Thursday. I took a deep dive into the comments that the governor's office received about House Bill 314 in the two weeks leading up to his veto. So you can see that story at idahoednews.org. We dropped that story on Thursday. Here's what Governor Little had to say about House Bill 314 on Wednesday. I want to ask a couple questions on the library bill. You alluded to the bill arriving late on your desk, but that proposal had been churning through the, the House and Senate for several weeks. Were you not watching it uh, oh, no. for the possibility of it? Oh, no. we Walk did, me through that uh, process. That was, that was one of the bills that we waited on. Uh, uh, but I, you know, the issue of, uh, you know, when I had the sponsors uh, in here uh, prior to uh, when I vetoed it uh, and they made their pitch, and but the unintended consequences, particularly to small libraries, uh, I've got a my cousin's daughter who's real involved in a small library and rural Idaho, she says they, it's all staff volunteers, and they don't have uh, a dedicated uh, kids book session. I had a conversation this morning about uh, some of the uh, dialogue I'm going to have with the libraries to say let's see what we can do collectively to not have this come back. But to, as I, in my veto message, uh, bounty hunters uh, because of the way that is, uh, and you know most people won't do that. But I, I am in the camp of we shouldn't have pornography uh, readily available uh, to uh, in the kids section in libraries. I, you know, the testimony kind of went uh, back and forth, and then they talked about the Boise Library as well. I think the Boise Library can. Uh, can afford it, but there's lots and lots and lots of libraries all over the state of Idaho. And being a literacy person, I think library is most important. It was interesting to me that some of the people who voted for that bill were the ones that voted against uh, the the blockers on cell phones and and computers for pornography. That was not lost on me. And if you listen to testimony in the House, particularly uh, Representative Gerald Raymond, he talked about. 
his position in his community where everybody that was ever addicted to pornography, none of them was from a library book. So are you you're saying that you don't think that there's necessarily going to be a bill next session? To oh, yeah, there will be. Or what do you think it's going to look like? Well, it depends on what the libraries do in the interim. If the libraries uh, uh, go out and actively, uh, you know, I, that override didn't, wasn't, wasn't my greatest victory by a, uh, it, it wasn't a huge victory. Uh, matter of fact, it was a real, real narrow victory. The libraries need to know and the sponsor, and I, it, I think the sponsors uh, in good faith said they wanted to work on, you know, they started at 10,000, they went down to 2,500, uh, you know, and then it was against the librarian and in 666. Uh, I, I assume it's going to come back, but uh, my hope is that there's, and I know there's some people that are going to want to bring one this falls in the category of a of a bill that has some kind of a permanent life, but I think if the libraries do the right thing. Uh, hopefully, it won't come back with the uh, velocity that it had this year. Do you think that there is any middle ground? Because you had the bill sponsors uh, saying, you know, we this is not a ban on any certain books, et cetera, et cetera. But then you had several people who have testified repeatedly this year, years prior, and at local library boards saying that, you know, we've tried this for years and years, and still no books have been banned. Uh, you know. Well, I don't know the books have been banned, but there's... I, I, and I know from the libraries, there's certain books that they just don't, uh, you, you can't ban them if you don't have them in there to begin with. Right, right. I meant more so that uh, the people who were supporting the bills were saying, we do want to ban some books, whereas the sponsors of the legislation said, we don't want to ban any books. This isn't a book ban. Make my, make my case for me. And then it said, we're going to allow the local communities to decide. When the sponsors were telling me about that, I go, well, I, I, you know, uh, Ada County's classic. Uh, Ada County's got some of the, and Blaine County's even a bigger classic. You know, downtown Sun Valley, uh, compared to Cary, there's a huge, and Peekaboo, there's a huge difference in what local values are. So I'm curious, my last question on this then is, you had these three bills that people were waiting on your decision on, 314, 71, and 242. And it seems like to a lot of constituents, they were all interchangeable. All three were perceived as uh, an overreach into social issues. Constituents wanted you to veto all three. What was the differentiation for your side all three of them too? What do you say to those who wanted to see you veto the other two bills and are wondering why you vetoed three? Well, I, I say this all the time, Kevin. Uh, there are not very many perfect bills uh, that come across my desk. I, uh, I, my, my staff, well, uh, uh, I, uh, and, and you know how the bodies have gotten my transmittal letters. Uh, they just, in the messages from the governor, they said, there's a letter on your desk. Nobody reads it. Nobody does anything. I can't do transmittal letters on everything uh, because it doesn't have uh, the intended effect of trying to either say, look what happened here, or let's try and fix this next year. I've got to be somewhat uh, reserved in how, and they are the legislative branch. They write the laws. I do have a say in it, but I don't get to amend bills 
I, my only choice, now there's other states where the governors have more leeway in what they line item and what they do. Uh, for better or worse, we don't have that situation here in Idaho. So here the governor talks about property taxes and school facilities. Ryan Soupy from the Idaho Statesman asks the governor about House Bill 292. Again, this is the property tax law that went into effect that provides more than $100 million immediately for schools to spend on property tax relief, paying down bonds, paying down levies, for example. And the governor talks about the state of building schools in Idaho, relying largely on local dollars, how that's working, and uh, what the prospects are for doing anything different going forward. Here's what the governor had to say. Yeah. Um, governor, you've thrown a lot of money at public schools in your tenure. Um, they're still crumbling. Do you think... The property tax bill is going to help the school facilities situation? Yes. Um, is there a long-term permanent solution to school facilities? Do you have any ideas? Well, I, I think the, the loss of the March date didn't help. Uh, uh, it, the issue is we have always history of the state uh, done uh, school facilities and property taxes. Over the years, uh, we used to do most of the M&O through property taxes. Phil Batt started it and Jim Rich finished it. Uh, the the M&O that was there, except unless you're invoicing it, then they are a special deal, uh, which irritates me a little bit too. Uh, but uh, but uh, we need to have a discussion because uh, what is Who's going to decide if the state pays for it? Who's going to decide? And my staff's nervously on the edge of their chair when I say, "How many basketball gymnasiums are you going to have?" Because uh, that's my default question. If the state starts paying for all the schools, uh, how many basketball gymnasiums are you going to have? Uh, how how big is the football stadium going to be? How nice is the teachers' lounge going to be? Those are questions that local taxpayers want their local school board to, to resolve. And I want to do all I can to empower local school boards. Uh, but we have to keep them safe. I think the article that uh, you guys ran about the Bonners Ferry School District was uh, was very telling. Matter of fact, uh, one of my staff's father's on that school board up there, so I know more than just a little bit about it. Uh, but uh, passing bonds, uh, 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 I think are necessary. Uh, the state, we can do more in bond levy equalization uh, than we did before uh, uh, to help. And maybe in the financing part of it uh, is, is part of it. But if you start having the state do everything, uh, including maintenance, uh, then who's going to fix the roof? Who's going to fix the HVAC system? Uh, what's going to happen? We have a system in Idaho right now. If everything implodes, the state takes over. Uh, I'm sure Kevin remembers when uh, the director of the State Department of uh, State Board of Education was a superintendent for the Plumber School District uh, uh, because there is a default there. We don't want to get to that default. We want schools to be safe. Uh, I I assume uh, you know they had interim hearings. Uh, they talked about taking 
the endowment fund revenue and just putting it into schools. Well, that's taking it out of one pocket and putting it in the other because that money has to go to schools anyway via the Constitution. It's which bucket you put it into and what's to say you put it in the school facility and then take money away from somewhere else. But it's a discussion we need to have. Uh, I want, uh, I just voted in the Emma Bond. Well, I, I balance uh, on my desk. I'll take it over and put it in the mailbox uh, this weekend uh, for a supplemental levy for Emma. Uh, there's, there's some pretty big ones. Uh, that are coming up in May all over the state. Uh, I well, one thing I would add is I the bill about how much the school district can spend to promote bonds. I was all in because I think if if you can't get enough support in the community to buy flyers to educate people about it and have to have the taxpayer money go into it, you got a problem to begin with. The big bonds that I've been familiar with, Lewiston, Parma, all those, it was a bunch of concerned parents and businesses that said we need to have this and not employees of the district and we need to do all we can to facilitate that. Let that information get out to the voters, encourage people to vote, uh, but there's not an easy solution other than the bonding side of but these darn schools are so expensive. You know what, very long ago, you could build a hell of a high school for 40 million. Now what, they're 70 million, Kevin? They, they've almost doubled the price of high school. And uh, so it's, uh, if I was gonna guess about what's gonna be the biggest issue, we gotta get this 117 million in property tax out see how that plays, see how the, all this other money going to schools, water, roads, other things, how this plays. You're going to see the residential values go down. They already have in certain parts, but less in Idaho than almost any other state. So what's that going to do to the hire of residential property taxpayers going forward? Then we'll have a better idea. Because we, we need people to vote for bonds if there's a good case to be made that that Again, that was Governor Brad Little speaking to State House reporters on Wednesday about the just completed, and thank goodness it was just completed, 2023 session of the Idaho Legislature. A lot to get to at idahoednews.org. Let me highlight a few stories that you might want to check out. As I mentioned earlier, I took a deep dive into House Bill 314, the library bill. And I spent a lot of time this week reading emails that the governor's office received from Idahoans about that bill. Overwhelmingly, those emails ran against House Bill 314 and urged the governor to veto the bill, which is what he wound up doing. I take a look at what Idahoans had to say about that bill and how those comments might uh, set the stage for the debate over libraries that is sure to come in the 2024 session. A lot of other news at Idaho Ed News this week from all over the state. Carly Flandro has a story about controversy surrounding a high school psychology class in Nampa. C.D. Dittenberg has a story about another school district going to a four-day calendar. This is the Post Falls District up in North Idaho. She has the latest on that. Darren Savan has a story kind of setting the stage for a big election coming up in May in Coeur d'Alene, a supplemental levy on the ballot once again in Coeur d'Alene. He has the story about that. 
I also want to take a second to introduce and welcome our newest addition to the Idaho Ed News team. Matt Dennis comes to us from Oregon. He's got background in teaching. He's got background in journalism. He's uh, like a lot of folks here at Idaho Ed News who have had uh, one foot in the classroom and one foot in journalism. He's stepping back into journalism uh, with us uh, starting this week. I want to welcome Matt and I look forward to um, seeing his work and you'll be able to see his work as well at IdahoEdNews.org. And all of our work at idahoednews.org. Check us out daily for the latest in education policy and education politics. Uh, follow us on Twitter at idahoednews and get uh, links to our latest stories, bulletins on breaking items. Uh, follow us on Facebook and comment on our stories there. And come back here for another edition of my podcast. I promise it won't be a, several weeks away. We'll, we'll be a lot more uh, regularly scheduled with the podcasts uh, going forward now that the legislature is out of session. And also check out Carly Flanders' Teacher's Lounge podcast. Uh, check those both out wherever you find uh, your podcasts. And check back here next week for another edition. I'm Kevin Richard. Have a good week.